what is a trust? And they're asking about the distinction between a living trust and a land trust. And I guess this person is a real estate investor like many of you are, right? So I think the first thing to, to clarify is that a trust is not a way to, ordinarily speaking, a trust does not really give you any sort of tax advantage. I know that when you, especially when you look at movies or certain television shows, it does give the impression that it's this, you know, this holy grail or this, this basically uh, some sort of tool that allows you to pay zero taxes. And, and normally speaking, that is, that's not the case. A, a trust isn't actually a legal entity, but it's a relationship. It's a contractual relationship. It's a fiduciary relationship. So uh, it is, it, it exists in a sort of gray area, I guess, which is leads to some sort of misunderstandings. But anyway, so a trust is kind of like a contract between the person that has created the trust. Normally this person in the U S we call that a grantor in English common law, like in some of the free trade zones in in the Emirates, for example, the IFC, which is based on English common law, it'll be called a set law. Uh, sometimes they call it trust tour. And it conveys usually some sort of asset into this relationship with someone who will now be responsible for it, usually a trustee. And there tends to be a beneficiary as well. So those, those tend to be the, the, the key elements. So a living trust that that would be i guess we can describe it as a trust that has been created within the lifetime of the grantor or the settler which is in contrast to other trusts which can be created upon someone's passing so it's something that's created while someone is is actually alive now this living trust could be it could be revocable or irrevocable in the sense that you, if it's revocable, the person who's the grantor still has some degree of control over the assets within the structure, within the trust. If it's irrevocable, then they basically hand it over all real control to the trustee. So, so those, those tend to be the two differences, right? Now, a land trust is a type of living trust, but it is conceived to hold title to real estate, or, or real estate-related assets, such as real property, land options, contracts for deeds, mineral rights, and, and stuff like that, right? What's the difference? And here we're talking primarily about some uh, a trust that has been structured within the U.S. So the land trusts are very specifically designed, and the difference really is in the drafting, to hold real estate, as we mentioned. Whereas a living trust... It can hold real estate, but it can also hold other types of assets as well. So the advantages really, I, I've established that it really has nothing to do with tax optimization, ordinarily speaking, right? It's really about probate avoidance and privacy. So that's that's what a living trust allows you to do. So it's a way of succession planning. It's, 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 it's part of the conversation that you would have around estate planning. So it's, it's not really something that's usually conceived of in isolation. It's normally part of a comprehensive succession planning or an estate planning uh, strategy where you're looking at 
some degree of privacy as well as probate avoidance because in the absence of a, a structure like that, upon the your passing, your assets, even if you have a will, your assets will still need to go before the courts. And depending on which state you're in, it could be a matter of public record. So, you know, you want to keep that private. Uh, you want to keep the assets private and you want to avoid probate and just make sure that there's a, a smooth succession from one generation to, to the next. So do, do keep that in mind. Even if that, even if you have a will, which is obviously a more popular planning tool, things still have to go before probate. So I hope that helps. It's not the, the key takeaway really is that it's not about paying zero taxes, no matter what you've seen in a movie. It's really about, uh, depending on, on the way it's structured, it could be about asset protection. It can be about wealth protection. It can be about probate avoidance. It could be about really efficient and effective uh, you know, succession planning. But it's not normally about tax optimization. If it is that you have assets outside of the U.S., of course, the, the free zones, most popular of which I would, and at least within my little ecosystem, would be the DIFC. They operate on, generally speaking, under English common law, not American, but English as in England, English common law. And they do allow for trust structures. But of course, for that sort of, uh, if that's a road that you want to pursue, a route you want to pursue, you should really get, you should really sit with an advisor. We don't do that, but there are advisors, obviously, that will help you get that sort of structure in play in the UAE, or perhaps you want to have something in the UAE for your assets outside or in, in, in the Emirates or somewhere in the Gulf states, something separate and then something separate in the US for a few assets there, but it needs to be done in a coordinated fashion. So I'd really recommend that you, you seek professional advice from a team that understands both the, the legal system within the Gulf area depending on which jurisdiction has been triggered, as well as within the U.S. So uh, I hope that answers your question. The, the, the real takeaway is that you need to sit with someone and give them the details of your situation and get specific tax advice, tax and legal advice. Okay. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.